Hello there. Welcome to Greedo Shop First. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marcus Sparks. And we're back for another podcast where we talk about Star Wars because we like Star Wars. We do. Some new news to talk about. Lots of new news, actually. Um, we're probably going to start steering away from any Force Awakens rumors because the spoilers might be getting accurate. And, you know, obviously we don't want to spoil ourselves or our listeners too much. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything really solid out there about the Force Awakens right now, other than like the rumors from like the makingstarwars.net sites. Um, I mean, su- supposedly, I think, I think it was like James Gunn tweeted or, or was on Facebook and said that he'd seen like the new trailer mm-hmm. and that it was good. So like supposedly like the new trailer is cut. That's not coming until probably like, I don't know, six weeks. It, I, I guess celebrations like mid April. So they might show something there. But um, probably be Avengers, don't you think? For, for sure, Avengers. Yeah, but it's possible they might show something like just to the people at Celebration or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think like they're they're editing right now, but not a whole lot is known except the uh, the spoiler sources, which we don't want to get into because they may end up being wrong. Well, then they said that some of the some of the concept art you've seen out there for like uh, Kylo Ren's mask is like accurate. It's kind of droidish looking, supposedly. Mm. Um, but you never know with concept art if that's what they used or not, or if the, that was an idea that they had and then they switched it up. Well, like I, mean, I know one of the one of the supposed rumors is that in the original like Michael Arndt version, some of the stuff that was taking place on the desert planet was on like a snow planet, and they changed that. Hmm. At least, you know, the concept art seemed to change after a while. So who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at the concept art for Phantom Menace with like the Sith witches and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, stuff that didn't even get picked up until like Clone Wars cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the only thing worth commenting on Force Awakens wise is there's the usual Star Wars fans who uh, seem to only like like fretting about any new Star Wars, you know enterprise that happens or they're they're really upset about the character of finn now um john boyega's character because like from the few like snatches of rumors that are out there about him in the movies it's like it'll be something where like he he like i don't know like fails in some way or other you know like he you know accidentally does this or that you know it's all very vague but it's like people are just like this guy sounds like he sucks you know like like because it turns out he's just a normal guy and not like a he isn't like a force trained, like, you know, uh, special forces stormtrooper. He's just a regular stormtrooper. And it's like, he doesn't bring any skills to the table. Like, it sounds like all he does is like screw stuff up, which it's go like, go back and you, watch New Hope. Go back and watch Indiana Jones. Like, I don't know if you pay attention on that movie. Indy fails at everything. Like, he constantly fails the entire movie. That's kind of like, that's a, an actual, like, tool you use as a screenwriter it's a lot more entertaining to have your character constantly failing to succeed till the end of the movie you know yeah like i don't know people just ex- were expecting him to just be like this total badass or something and now they're well, just like what that, he's just an everyday guy wasn't that a big part of michael Arndt's like thesis about new hope his verbal thesis or whatever that, that that's what part of me was so great was that the characters failed their way to success mm-hmm. yeah yeah but anyway, we have lots of other stuff to discuss. Um, we have actual information about the spinoff movie, mm-hmm. Rogue One, starring Felicity Jones as at least one of the leads. Um, that's really all we know. 
most people assume this means it's going to be some sort of Rogue Squadron movie. Mm-hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic that that's the case. They could, I suppose, still make this about like a like Rogue Squadron stealing the Death Star plans thing, which I think would be a mistake. But I guess we'll see. I wonder if this will, like, like will Oscar Isaac's be in this movie? Yeah, or, I wonder. Or like, will uh, you know, Hugh McGregor's uncle come back? <laughs> no, that guy's not coming back. He's like done interviews where he's just like not interested at all. Yeah, he's talked some shit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I'm really hoping that this movie at at the very least that it takes place after Return of the Jedi. I'd like it to take place after episode seven. Yeah. Um I just like it feels like you kill all your momentum if you're just like episode seven, wow, that was awesome. And a year later, here's how they sold the Death Star plans before episode four, and you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it's like yeah, it might be an interesting, fun movie, but it doesn't connect at all to any of the other movies, really. Mm. It's just kind of there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand the point of of going all the way back and showing that. And I, I hope that's not the case. I really hope this is like some, you know, either concurrent to episode seven or afterwards, just something about like like a rogue squadron in the Rebel Alliance, you know, rebuilding or whatever. Yeah, it really, it really should tie in because I mean. Especially since you're going forward, yeah. Like, don't don't make the mistake that like Star Trek did, you know, going backwards. Mm-hmm. Because Star Trek wasn't a show that needed a prequel. I mean, we're not going to back. We're not going to rehash the whole uh-huh. prequel like conversation. But like Star Trek, especially, was a whole franchise about looking forward. Well, and they've already like this Rebel show, uh, which I actually watched all of recently. So it's bored. It's okay. Um, that show seems to be building up to, like, theoretically, they could be the ones to steal the Death Star plans. Hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not supposed to go on that much longer than a few seasons, I think, because they want to transition to tell the story. Like, they want to fill in the gaps between episode six and seven with, like, you know, some books and whatnot that they have planned. And, oh, it's and, like, when you say it's like set like five years before New Hope, too? Yeah. Mm hmm. But I mean, that's the whole purpose of these tie-in animated shows. They're never mm-hmm. meant to go along there in a few seasons. And then I'm sure that after episode seven, you probably will have a brand new Star Wars cartoon to deal with. Yeah, I think that's the plan is to start filling in the timeline between episode six and seven. And they have like, they're calling them 20 books, but I think that that includes like comic books as well. Well, it's like, it's like kids books, picture books. Yeah, they're, they're it's, 20 books. Yeah, like there's YA only books. a... Only a couple actual like hardcover normal novels within that period planned right now, but there's some YA books and some other stuff. Yeah, um, they've only announced a couple of the authors. Uh, like they announced the YA author. It, to me, it it just seems weird and backwards to kill your momentum by doing episode seven and then like jumping all the way back to be like, oh hey, let's talk about the Death Star plans. Yeah, when- it just it really needs to tie into. Unless it's, I mean, not the Death Star plans per se, but unless it was something like whatever the Max von Sydow thing is, which yeah. may or may not include a flashback. Yeah. If you can expand upon that. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of people are like, maybe it actually means Slave 1, not Rogue 1, which is just stupid. i just crossing my fingers that this is going to have nothing to do with Boba Fett. Um, Rogue One is like a, a Rogue Squadron movie. That sounds like a good movie. That that sounds like a movie I'd actually want to see. Mm-hmm. We don't like not every Star Wars, you know, story needs to be about the Jedi and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that would be the kind of thing where, like, you know, if if Princess Leia is still alive, you could have her cameo, 
right. briefly, you know, like kind of like in the Marvel movies, you just have like the brief cameo tie in and, but it'd mostly just be its own story. Or bring in Billy D. Yeah, there you go. General Colt 45. Yeah. So Felicity Jones, I don't know. Do you have any opinions on that? I like Felicity Jones. I mean, there's, they, they put out some, I think, more exciting names as possibilities before her. Like Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Tatiana Mas- I feel like Felicity Jones could very well be like a, uh, an X-Wing pilot. That makes sense to me. Hmm. Tatiana Maslany, I would love to see if a lightsaber. True, true. Yeah. You know, to be honest, I'm looking through her IMDb page. I think I've only seen her in that Spider-Man movie. Oh, Felicity Jones? I've seen her in a couple of things here and there. She's not a bad actress. She's. I mean, she got nominated for an Oscar for uh, that Stephen Hawking movie, so yeah. there you go. We haven't even mentioned Harrison Ford, who's alive and well. No. Yeah, he'll hold together. Yeah. Flying around in like pre-World War II planes, <laughs> crashing on golf courses. Not his first crash. Yeah. Good place to crash, apparently. I, I'm going to remember that if I never need to land a plane now. <laughs> There's just nothing but doctors around waiting to help you out. Uh, um, but, I mean, Felicity Jones... lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Felicity Jones would seem to be the lead. I mean, they cast her first. They announced it. Um, if this is some sort of Rogue Squadron type movie, I, I assume they'd have like a a fairly large cast, although maybe only a few of them would be like the main characters. Mm-hmm. Is she Rogue One or is she somebody else in, in the squadron? I mean, I guess Wedge is gone. I mean, Rogue One, it would typically be Rogue Leader. What except about? for like special circumstances. Did, uh, did Hobby survive? I mean, in the, in the books. Yeah. Okay. Hobby gets shot down in episode uh, five in, in Empire. Uh-huh. Uh, and the snow speeder, but it, it like, so does Luke. You know, he he didn't right. like explode or anything. Okay, um, two fighters against a star destroyer? That's impossible. Um, I, I I was reading a thing like Michael Stackpole, the guy who wrote the X Wing books, like posted a little thing on his like blog or whatever. Um, it was interesting. He was talking about how like nobody expected his books to be popular at all, and they're bestsellers. Hmm. Um, so I think. You would think that, like, the story group at Lucasfilm is, like, aware that people really like those X-Wing books. And I think one of the reasons they like them is that it's, you kind of get to play around in the Star Wars universe without having to bring in, like, the Skywalker saga and all of that. But it's, it's just also... kind of fun, like, you know, different, different corner of the universe. Right. It's also, it, it goes back to some of the, the influence tent poles that Lucas originally had, you know, where when he was talking about, how to put together the special effects for a new hope at the end. Mm-hmm. He would cut together old, like world war two dogfight films to show yeah. basically this is what I want. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good thing to go back to. I mean, there's certain like little genres that you can kind of graft on the star Wars and it, it'd be interesting. Like, well, I mean, I've been, I've been agitating for like 15 years now. They need to make a rogue squadron TV show. To me, that's yeah. like a perfect model. Yeah. Uh, but a rogue squadron movie, I could get behind that too. Yeah. You played all the video games, right? Yeah. Yeah, all the the Rogue Squadron video games. It was like Rogue Leader and Rebel Strike with the, the second and third. I was just looking at the one where it was like Star Wars, colon, Rogue Squadron 2, colon, Rogue Leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people making the mistake that uh, Rogue Squadron was in Episode 4 in A New Hope. It's not the case. It's Red Squadron there. Right. And in, in Return of the Jedi, uh, Wedge is Red Leader. It's not Rogue Leader. 
but in the in the books he does become rogue leader obviously but the mm-hmm. only rogue leader we've had in the movies has been luke right which which would make luke's call sign rogue one although typically they would call him rogue leader and not rogue one hmm but i don't think you're gonna see mark hamill no i mean prominently in this movie I mean, to me, it's, it seems like there's two possibilities. Either this movie is some sort of like the creation of Rogue Squadron back in like the, the original trilogy days. Mm-hmm. Um, although the, obviously there's, they didn't call them Rogue Squadron in A New Hope. And so I don't know how that would work. Um, or it's some sort of like recreating or, you know, a new Rogue Squadron or something where Felicity Jones is like the new Rogue One. She could be assembling a new team. Yeah. I just saw that Michael Stackpole wrote the first issue of a comic book. That uh, this is too fun for me to pass mm-hmm. up. Star Wars colon X Wing colon Rogue Squadron colon the Rebel Opposition colon yeah. part one SVU. Yeah, it's funny in a, in a year of or a, an era of Avengers three, the Infinity War part one. <laughs> Brandy. Uh, well, that, that's how it was in the X-Wing books. It was the books start out. It's like, I think two years after Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it's like they, they want to put, put, they have wedge. They were like, we want you to put together a new rogue squadron as like, right. you know, both for tactical reasons and just kind of like PR reasons too. Um, so I, I could see it being the same kind of thing in a, a, a rogue one movie where it's like they, they need to, you know, put together a new rogue squadron to rally the troops. Well, I think it works nicely. I mean, this is not the best quality example, but some of the X-Files guys, when they left the X-Files, they did that space above and beyond show where <laughs> it was an ensemble show. It was, uh, you know, an intrigue and espionage show. It was also a fighter pilot show. We all watched that show <laughs> wanting it to be a rogue squadron show. Yeah, basically. It just wasn't. Um, and I mean that the books and the comics, they didn't, I'm quoting the entertainment weekly article here. They didn't fight zero sum battles against death stars. They fought renegade imperials and warlords. They fought on land and overseas and space and beyond. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a perfect like tagline. Well, especially if they could bring in a little bit of race squadron into a rogue squadron movie and like kind of the kind of special forces type stuff they would do. Yeah. Um, I mean, who doesn't like? like starship pilots and, and fighters and whatnot like to me that's just like a, a solid gold movie opportunity yeah top gun in space you'd have your goose character he'd have to kill at the end of the second act right right rogue three turns to felicity jones and he's like and you know why because you're dangerous no writing checks your body can't cash <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm now much more optimistic, uh, still cautious that this might all just be like a stupid Death Star Plans heist movie, but much more op- optimistic about Star Wars spinoffs than I was. Because Rogue One sounds a hell of a lot better than like young Han Solo or like Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, what was the new terrible rumor for young Han Solo? The guy from the Kingsman, I think. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the like British the Chav guy. from Kingsman. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't know if he can cast an Englishman as Han Solo. I don't, it's kind of like how he, he had to cast an Englishman as Harry Potter. Yeah. Han Solo, he's got to be American. Yeah. I mean, he's English, so he has to be like an imperial villain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we also just found out today that Alexander... I guess it's Alexander. Even though he spells it weird. Alexander Desplat is going to be the uh, composer 
for Rogue One. It won't be John Williams. I guess they figured they better get a, get clear that up in a hurry. Well, uh, you know, Alexander Desplat has been picking up John Williams like sloppy seconds for a while now. Yeah, he just won an Oscar for the Imitation Game. He also did the Grand Budapest Hotel. Well, uh, he's done. Uh, Jesus, he did like four, five scores last year. He did like a Twilight movie. He did, you know, Deathly Hallows Parts One and Two. Well, this, this is what he did. Fox. This is what he did last year. He did that Unbroken movie. He did mm-hmm. the Imitation Game. He did Godzilla. He did the Grand Budapest Hotel. He did Monuments Men. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, might have been a holdover. That might yeah, yeah, true. He did Zero Dark Thirty, Argo, Moonrise Kingdom. Rust and Bone. He did The Eyes of March. Hmm. Um, you know, I happened to just be watching Carnage. the first Harry Potter movie that has a John Williams score in it. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you really notice that score. I don't know, maybe it's just like filmmaking techniques have changed and the score isn't used in quite the same way it used to be. But you notice John Williams' score a lot in uh, that first Harry Potter movie. It sounds a lot like the episode one score as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In a similar time period. Yeah, I was under this plot. He looks like Roberto Benigni, and he has like a Bond villain name. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. To me, his scores don't jump out at me, but they're not terrible by any means. Well, if he knows how to mimic John Williams, I think that's all you really need. Yeah. Although I do wonder... Like, it's it's a spinoff. It's not directly, you know, the saga. So I wonder if they'll use the score in a slightly different way than they would in in the main movie. You'd think so. You'd think they'd want to start coming up with a couple new good other scores to use. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Because think about, like, all the Marvel movies. Like, I, I challenge you to hum the theme of, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any, any Marvel movie or the Avengers or... Iron Man, like it, you can't do it. The score is just kind of like, it's just kind of background music. Um, well, you know, if I if I were, I'd walk out of a Marvel movie and I'd be humming like the '90s X Men cartoon theme. Mm-hmm. Be the closest I'd get. Oh man, they really Fox. It's just another way Fox has fallen down with the X Men movies. They need they need to like take that '90s theme and and work that into like the theme of the. Well, they the they even I caught an episode of the second x-men cartoon i don't know a long time ago the x-men mm. evolution which i didn't think was as good by any no. means um even though i did like some of the costume design and like they would occasionally do the 90s theme it's like an orchestral background mm-hmm. which i thought like okay <laughs> you're aware of how good the score is yeah you know well it's like wasn't it terminator 3 where they barely use the the terminator theme? i think they like just use it at the end maybe or something i can't remember it's been a while but yeah they they only use it occasionally But, I mean, John Williams is like, what, 83 or something? Yeah. Dude's getting up there. I mean, I, I won't be shocked, even if he's in good health for episode... Well, I don't know. Now that episode 8 is coming sooner, maybe he'll do that. But I wouldn't be shocked that this is the only one he does. Just because at a certain point, you're going to have to pass the baton on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we should talk about that. Episode 8, coming sooner than expected. So, episode, or episode 7 is this Christmas, or, you know, December 18th. The spinoff is the, the 16th, I believe, of December next year. Mm-hmm. And then just five months later, the 26th of May, 2017, is episode seven. Written and directed by Ryan Johnson. You we finally confirmed that. All right, it's episode eight. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was that he was writing it, but they weren't confirming that he was directing it, right? It well, like, like, Disney hadn't confirmed anything. It okay. was like well known, and he basically said yes, you know, but like, the official press release had never been issued by like Disney and Lucas until now. Okay. 
Um, so now it is official. He's writing and directing episode eight. They didn't say anything about episode nine. Mm-hmm. The rumor is he's going to write episode nine only and mm-hmm. nobody knows about the directing. Although this is what I wonder. So there, you know, it's going to be a year and a half between movies now, mm-hmm. which I think is a great idea. I don't know why you'd want to have three years between movies if you could have them sooner. Especially just, I think as a, a culture, we kind of devour stuff faster than we used to. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you gotta you gotta stay relevant. You gotta keep pumping those movies out. You mean like Saw movies? Well, like take like the Harry Potter movies, for instance. Um, I mean, they pumped those things out, but it wasn't every year, though. It wasn't every three years. True. Uh, you know, I mean, we're used to like two, three Marvel movies a year now. I don't, I think Star Wars can survive a movie a year, especially if one of them's a spinoff. Yeah. Um. So this is what I wonder is. They, they've moved up to a summer release schedule. It's like going to be the 40th anniversary when mm-hmm. episode eight comes out. Do they then stick with that and say, okay, well, in, uh, May of 2019, that's when episode nine comes out? Or do they bump it forward again and do Christmas 2018? Hmm. No, I would think it'd be, it'd be two years later. You think so? Yeah. I'd say you'd have a, you'd have a, a spinoff following episode eight. Wasn't that the idea that you'd have a spinoff in between? Well, the the original idea was that they were just going to lock down December and do like, you know, episode movie and then spinoff, episode movie, spinoff like that. Right. Uh, but now that they're, they've moved up episode eight, now I kind of wonder, have they changed their plans on that a little bit? That's a good question. Because you could do your episode eight in May and then maybe a spinoff the next year in May. And then episode nine in December. I don't know. Could be, yeah. I'm curious. I mean, I guess, and part of what may influence that is if Ryan Johnson is going to do episode nine as well, it would seem like that wouldn't be enough time for him unless he was like doing them both at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's like if he was going to shoot them like back to back or something, I could see them doing like moving up episode eight or episode nine. Uh, But if he, was going to do them both as like independent productions, it would seem like you'd need more time than a year and a half to put the next one out. Well, and you know, it's hard for a director, I think, to go from one Star Wars movie immediately to another Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was... it almost seems like it'd be easier to do it back to back. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's why I think Nolan had to go do other movies in between his Batman movies just mm-hmm. to clear his palette. Mm-hmm. I like Ryan Johnson as uh as uh, shepherding at least one of these movies. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think he's a good choice. I wouldn't be disappointed if he didn't do episode nine, as long as they got somebody else interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea that he would be writing or be a part of the story for episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think <laughs> our hopes are still alive for... Brad Bird. Uh, Brad Bird or, or, or Fincher. Uh, Fincher. Yeah. <laughs> but Fincher is a tough sell. Especially because yeah. he seems to mostly work with Sony, but mm-hmm. although I guess now, well, no, I was going to say Universal, but no, that was a uh, Sorkin, not Fincher. Um, Fincher, Fincher would be a good spinoff choice, I think, mm-hmm. if he would do it. I don't know. He's busy doing TV stuff these days. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy did work with him, so it's not like it wouldn't be an impossible thing but i don't know if fincher would do it he might just not be interested i'm surprised like frank darabont's not trying to claw his way back in no you know what no thank you darabont you go on your merry fucking way 
Or uh, I, I feel like we have enough evidence now to say that Shawshank Redemption was kind of a fluke. Or uh, M Night Shyamalan. I'm yeah, I don't I'm think they them here. Just for just the PR, I think they're they know that fans would like freak out if they well, let him that, in. That asshole who made the big show about like letting them court him for like Indiana Jones <laughs> and then finally be like, yeah, I don't do sequels. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, uh. I mean Brad Bird. He, he obviously he works for Disney. He's another option yeah. for Episode Nine, which I would be completely on board with that. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Coron, I wonder what Coron's doing next. Coron would be great for a spinoff. Yeah, well, a lot Star of these Wars. directors, it's like I don't want to say they're too good for a main Star Wars movie, but it's almost like you you want them to be able to flex themselves creatively enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they would necessarily have that freedom on a, a main Star Wars movie where they'd be picking up the story from somebody else and, you know, potentially then handing it off. Like, you kind of want them to be able to do their own thing. I would think the spin also would be a great way to test some of these directors, like uh, the way Marvel brought in your, your Joss Whedon's and your James, mm-hmm. James Gunn's, um, and kind of let them work their way up to big studio blockbusters. Yeah, I could see that as well. I mean, it's not like Quarren didn't have a massively successful movie most recently. Uh, well, it's like at a certain point when you're Quarren and you've like won like a Best Directing Oscar, mm-hmm. can you just go do like a a sequel Star Wars movie kind of in the middle of an ongoing saga? Like that almost seems like like you owe it to like you know your own career to like try to like push yourself further. Well, so he spent what four years working on Gravity. Wasn't mm-hmm. he? Doesn't that overlap with his, you know, proclaimed desire to return to Harry Potter? It could, yeah. I mean, I mean we it, don't know how much of that time he was working, like, like really, really working on Gravity versus you know just investigating the technology or whatever. But I still, I yeah. feel like if they, I would not be shocked if, like, say, this Fantastic Beast where to find him comes out and it's, it's successful and they start working on like the next couple. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if Coron's just like, yeah, I want back in. Because he's been kind of seeming yeah. that, that way. Although, I don't know, he might have just wanted back in on Deathly Hallows to like, show everybody how it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, those movies definitely suffered under the stranglehold of uh, David Yates. Yeah, I mean, he, he Yates came up with like a certain aesthetic for how the wizards fought, which I guess was visual, but still, I don't know, wasn't a big fan. Although the, that, the thing I, I was noticing rewatching the first Harry Potter movie is how much those books are not written to be movies. Hmm. Um, and I, I think Koran, in my opinion, his was the best movie because he really like wrangled the story into a more cinematic beat. Mm-hmm. Um, the later movies, it's almost as though they made them knowing full well that like, yes, we know you've read the book, so we're not even going to stress on like the continuity or the specifics. And the, it's like uh, we're we're making like the Cliff Notes version here, and you can fill it in. That one's that's Half Blood Prince, right? Oh, uh, well, he started with uh, uh, the fifth what? one. Okay, um, but Half Blood Prince the was the one. I mean, we're talking about maybe we'll do a separate Harry Potter thing, but like Half Blood Prince to me was the one where you you probably got a screenwriter who who nailed down like these are all the important scenes they have to go in the movie, mm-hmm. and all these scenes that set those up. I don't have time for those. Yeah. I don't have time to work those in there. Um, that's that was my feeling. Well, it was just kind of like the fans know what's going. It's like the fans know what's happening. Yeah, you know, like you know, you guys know the story. We're not going to stress too much. That was the the feeling I got watching the Harry Potter movies. Well, but I felt like 
granted, I mean, it's more for a kid, but those movies should have been made for someone like me, where I haven't read the books except for like the last one. You know, mm-hmm. I need to I need to be able to step into this world and be immersed in it, enjoy it, and and take something from it. Because I think if you do that, you can also throw you out your Easter eggs, and it can be a loving you know, extrapolation of the tale for the, the diehard readers. Yeah, that just reminds me again how I'm like optimism for rogue one is then tempered by chris white's being involved with it at all because he did uh, the golden compass which is the classic example of how not to do an adaptation mm-hmm. where it's like like every time a character from the novels appears somebody has to be like eirik bjornson you know seraphina you know like they have to say their full name constantly right. so it's like everybody knows who this is and I don't know, there's, there's a way to do it in an adaptation where it doesn't just feel like you're doing a book report and how do you th- feel we never talked about this in the podcast i don't think how do you feel about uh the way they chopped the ending off there that movie i do not feel good about it no the it's, the it's ending, a huge failing of an idea i mean i i certainly understand why that was you know i mean it, i don't want to totally blame chris white's for that it was forced on him but um I, I don't know why you would bother to make a golden compass movie if you're not going to include that ending like what presumably you're making this because you think you're going to make the next two and have like a big hit. Right. What do you think these books are about? Like there's, there's no way you can make a subtle knife and Amber spyglass and not get into like the kind of religious and darker elements of it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you even allow this to go to theaters? But also, uh, what was it? Was it Roger? Was that the kid's name? He sucked. He needed to go. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, those are some of my favorite books of all time. And yeah, that, that movie did not please me. I don't know why they don't go back and try to do that. Cause that book, those, that series perfectly fits in with their, like, let's split up the third one, the two. Seriously. Yeah. Cause the hammer spyglass is massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, subtle knife I read in two days. Subtle knife is probably my favorite of three. Yeah. I think so too. I think it's, it's a, it's a great yarn. Um, but, and I, and I felt like, you really did get that sense that the trilogy was closing all throughout Amber Spyglass. And it took mm-hmm. over a lot of time, a lot of characters to jumble around. That would but, be interesting if they actually had made that a movie. Could they properly communicate the kind of like romance that blossomed between Will and Lyra being like, you know, 13 years old? And, and like, how would audiences take that? The Republic of Heaven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> But like the whole like speechifying that Lyra does at the end of the movie, you could have easily had that and that massive cliffhanger if mm-hmm. you had left the original ending on there. Oh well, yeah, I mean they they basically just chopped it off and like I don't know what they, what they thought like oh if we make a sequel we'll just put that at the beginning or something. Well, it pissed me off too because it was a movie that actually had like I think really strong casting for all the roles. Daniel Craig, Nicole Kidman, yeah. Uh, I mean, the girl who played Lyra was amazing. Um, I can't think of anyone. I mean, you had uh, Sam Elliott in there. <laughs> yeah, that that casting just felt right. Like, of yeah. course, that guy would would uh, be the the balloon guy. And it's like you had all these protests from these religious groups who couldn't quite tell you because they didn't know the story. They couldn't quite tell mm-hmm. you what they were protesting. Just that they were told by somebody somewhere this was not good for their religion. Yeah, yeah. but anyway. Back to Star Wars. Um, three Star Wars movies coming out. In like I think it's like the next 25, 26 months. This feels better, though, than like the DC announcements, though. 
where it's like six years from now, you're going to get a movie about a character you probably don't really know or care about. Mm-hmm. Well, I, sus- I suspect that's part of the reason why Lucasfilm never wanted to confirm Ryan Johnson, because they right. didn't want it to feel like it was they're getting too ahead of themselves. Yeah. Well, let let J.J. Abrams make his movie. The same thing mm-hmm. is like, I don't need to know who's directing the third Avengers movie just yet. Let me yeah, enjoy this. Yeah, thing. really. Although I'm really curious with that deal with the Russo brothers, with Sony, like how well, that whole like Ghostbusters thing. Well, the, the Ghostbusters thing, but just that they have like a first look deal. Like, well, like how when, does... did, when did they sign that deal? Yeah, really. But how do they how do they balance future Marvel projects with their Sony commitments? Well, to me, it doesn't make sense unless they signed it like a long time ago, because if you're the Russo brothers and like. You know, it's you're gonna be up for like the next Avengers movie after you do the Civil War, and it's like I feel like you're riding pretty high. You're set up. Yeah. Why do you want to go to Sony, especially after Sony, like with all like the hacking? You kind of see what a clusterfuck they are as a studio to be. You don't even need the hacking. Look at the Spider-Man sequel. Yeah, like why shit the bed there? Why do you want to go over to Sony, especially now? And if you thought we were, I don't know, maybe they signed it a long time ago. If you thought we were going to bring this back to how Sony shit the bed of Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. you were wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just the world-building like aspect of the the need for cinematic universes is just amazing to me. I mean, it's only really worked this one time. <laughs> but I think Marvel it, movies. it definitely could work in a in a unique way with Star Wars because Star Wars is so massive. I mean, yeah. They've already kind of proven in various like comics and books and video games that like people dig Star Wars and it doesn't just have to be about Skywalkers, you know. Um, I would have loved to see because I mean, as I understood it, the the mythologized Star Wars TV show that they wrote a hundred scripts for that we oh, yeah, would that never one. see, like it's basically the same concept that is Rebels, right? Same time period, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think it would be at least be somewhat similar about. I the mean, period between episodes three and four were that kind of like, you know, beginning of the Rebel Alliance. I mean, maybe it dealt more with like smugglers and whatnot, but. I would have loved to see that fucking show. And I mean, if you can do, if you can, if you can realistically do a Firefly type show on that budget, whatever Firefly had, I think you'd easily do a Star Wars TV show. Because mm-hmm. the whole point is that it's not all about dogfights and space battles and stuff like that. You, you do want a human core element, but. Oh, yeah. Like. I, but I'm also I'm I'm still like you know we were just talking about Agents of Shield before we recorded and like it makes <laughs> me feel bad for the Marvel Universe watching that and then I watch a- Agent Cart which is amazing comparatively. I mean, and to me the to go completely off topic the the problems that Agents of Shield has is that its two main characters don't work. Um, Coulson works as like the guy in the suit who shows up every once in a while in the Marvel movies. He doesn't like fleshing out his character. He became less interesting and kind of annoying mm-hmm. and very kind of uh, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, their main new character they created sky is just like this super boring, like Mary Sue character. who's like, like, people keep gushing about how, like, how special she is for some reason. Like, she's just not a good character. Um, but, I mean, they, they, I think they could have made an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. populated by more interesting characters, and it would have worked. I can see where a lot of what you got with S.H.I.E.L.D., these first two, this first season and a half, like, you could have presented this to somebody on paper, and it would have sounded great. 
And mm-hmm. it's just the execution is terrible. Especially her, like, not even just her progression to be a superhero, but the whole, like, she's a super agent prior to that. Yeah. So, not particularly uh, interesting. But I, mean, I, I could, I could totally imagine a Rogue Squadron TV show where you would cast, I mean, we've already like there's already been x-wing books that are like the perfect model for this it's not like a super hard model you know you have to have your your kind of leader your rogue leader Mm -hmm. who would be the main character but he'd be like or he or she would be the um like the president bartlett role Mm -hmm. like on the west wing for instance like where they're a main character but you need those other characters to kind of give the the perspective from like the you need your point man the, the grunt yeah you need your point man I mean, that's, Which could very well be could be very well be Felicity Jones. It's so easy. It's like you have your rogue leader, you have your uh, kind of like the hot shot, the the uh, the bigger hot shot rival. You know, the the the, the one with all the ego. Your your uh, ice man. You have the various romantic interests. You have the characters who are there to get shot down. So it's sad uh, when when one of them dies. Like that's such an easy TV show or movie to do. Well, you got like your it's you know it's your Dirty Dozen movie, but they're yeah. also pilots. Yeah, they're pilots, but they wouldn't all, always have to be doing stuff in the air. They can have like little stealth missions and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, they have to break in and steal like an imperial fleet or something. Like, they're pilots; they can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Limitless possibilities. Limitless. Everybody should go read Race Squadron. I mean, the Rogue Squadron books are good. The Race Squadron books are excellent. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read them? No. Oh man, you gotta read Race Squadron. It's great. Like at one point they like they steal an Imperial like like a cruiser like that has like I think like four or five ties on it, mm-hmm. and they start just in, impersonating the Imperials and like going around like making the scheduled stops and then like doing like you know s- special forces missions on the side. It's awesome. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe they'll do that in the the movie. Yeah. Team up of Grando Calrissian. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Hey, before we go, though, I, I was just thinking about this last night, and it seemed like an interesting thing to talk about. I wanted to see if, if you could recall, because I couldn't recall at first. Okay. When did the, the name Darth, when did that become not a name, but a title? Uh, somewhere. Was that the prior prequels? to the prequels? Yeah. Was it before the prequels? I feel, felt like throughout, well, I mean, especially at New Hope, it was implied that Darth Vader was the name of the Jedi oh, who betrayed oh, Luke's Well, because Obi-Wan says, only a master of evil, Darth. Like, that yeah. feels like he's calling him by his first name. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, but at, at some point, and it's, I know in the first books they wrote, when they would have a dark Jedi, like uh, in the Jedi Academy trilogy, there was Exar Kun. He wasn't Darth Exar Kun. They just called him Exar Kun. The, I I think it was in the prequels when the the concept was first introduced that there could be like a Darth Maul and a Darth Sidious. Well, I think yeah, I think it was in the prequels. Plus, you had the it was right around the time of also the always two there are the Master and the mm-hmm. Apprentice. I think it was all there because yeah, I mean I, I have somewhere that book that was like analyzing the various drafts of Lucas' scripts yeah. for the movies and like Lim Brackett's script and etc. And yeah, it's not implied that it's his title per se. I don't. Well, I was wondering why, like, Palpatine always still went as Palpatine. He never, like, revealed himself as Darth Sidious. Right. Um, but Vader is just Darth Vader. Mm. I mean, I obviously, I, I suspect that when Lucas wrote 
uh, the original Star Wars movies, he didn't intend Darth to be a title, no. which m- would made more sense. Because uh, if Darth is the kind of like honorific of a Sith, mm. you'd think everyone would just be like, hey, man, like this Darth Vader guy, it's not cool that like the Sith Lord is like in charge. You'd right. think maybe maybe they'd be cool with it. I don't know. Well, I mean, going again by New Hope, do people really get these ancient hokey religions? <laughs> Do they really understand the honorifics of Sith Lords and in, the difference in them and Jedi? I mean, if my initial impression before I saw the prequels is it felt like the Clone Wars were like more like 40 years ago, not 20. Right. It felt like the, the Jedi had been gone for longer. Um, which I, I wonder... I don't the only know, problem you have like if I could go back and change the prequels, that'd be one of the things I'd change. Is to put, put a little bit bigger of a gap in there, I guess. The only problem, I mean, you'd have to put like Luke and Leia in space. Yeah, yeah, the problem is the age. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, again, look at <laughs> McGregor, Alan mm-hmm. Guinness. Yeah, Obi Wan's did some hard living. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's not Darth Kylo Ren. But yeah, because that's what I was thinking about. I was like, it, it seems like Darth is like uh, what you would call a Sith. Mm-hmm. It seems like it, right? Yeah. Um. Well, and how do, I mean, so explain to me. I, I've watched the first episode of Rebels. And I enjoyed it. I've downloaded some of the future ones because mm-hmm. I know that they reveal the one character is, is who, who you think she was. Yeah. The last one. How does the Inquisitor work? He's just the Inquisitor. He seems to rank above. He, he, well, I'll put it this way. He ranks below Tarkin. Okay. Tarkin, like. like Somehow Darth Vader like, also ranks below Tarkin. It's unclear if Tarkin ranks below Tarkin, or if Vader ranks below Tarkin or not. I mean, it's unclear in A New Hope. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, in A New Hope, doesn't he kind of just seem to be, like, this kind of, like, like free-floating loose cannon? Yes and no, but it seems like he very much defers, possibly out of respect, to Tarkin's Mm -hmm. opinion. But then, like, you look at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, and, you know, Tarkin... Steps well, fuck off when you know Vader Leia does off. say that you know she, you know that I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. So it, it seems that he does have some sort of autonomy above Vader. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it just that you know if you retcon like Vader just had a couple series of screw ups? Yeah. So, uh, so on a favor. So yeah, in Rebels, the Inquisitor is below Tarkin, but above like the kind of like local governor and like local imperial commander. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's. Not a Sith. He's just a dark Jedi. Well, see, I don't. I think. I think we need a new word or a new, like a, a new category because a dark Jedi to me implies that they were a Jedi who went to the dark side. Right. But if you were never a Jedi, you wouldn't be called a dark Jedi, right? Now, some of the rumors about Kylo Ren are that he was at one point, you know, like well, in training maybe... to be a Jedi and then like turned or whatever, so that he could be a dark Jedi. I think to me the idea is that. Palpatine and Vader are Jedi. They're just evil, so they're Sith. Are they? I just I I felt I don't I don't quite I mean I don't know if it's like a, a Masonic thing where you're maybe a Mason, but you're also a Scottish Rite Mason. I don't I well, don't know how that works. Palpatine was never a Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's a, a Sith Lord, but I don't think you could call him a Dark Jedi because he was never a Jedi. You could call Vader a Dark Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need a new, especially with the Inquisitor. It's like we need a new term for somebody who's. Ooh, and they not a Sith Lord, but also not a Dark Jedi. I haven't, I haven't watched all of Clone Wars, but they obviously like got bored of just having 
only two there are. Yeah. You brought back Darth Maul, you had Asajj Ventress, you had Savage Oppressor. Well, it's just, you know, dark side force users. Yeah. Um, but that's that's more generic. I feel like they there need a new, be, a new there, descriptor. It should all be Sith, and it should there should be, like, a, a descriptor for, like, Sith free agent. Well, maybe, or, like, the new, like, Kylo Ren is just, like, the rule of two is bullshit, you know? <laughs> like, but I this mean, is like, how we're doing it for now on. Is it ten years from now? Is it going to be, like, Kylo's the new title? Well, I wonder in the Kylo, Kylo Dave in the like recanonization, like resetting of everything. Does that include the explanation for the rule of two, or it was like I think it was like Darth Bane started that like five thousand years before, because like the Sith kept on like like turning on each other too much, and so like they decided there could only be two at a time to like preserve the uh, the order. Um, I, mean, like, I mean, it was all like retcon to like <laughs> make sense of that line in uh in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, but it, it yeah, I mean, the, well, the, the, that line of Phantom Menace was really only to set up that there's a mystery out destroyed. There. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. There's there's obviously one more guy, and we don't know which he was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, real quick, I just want to add on. The only other thing I would change about the prequels of of my list is I would have done something more with. Sifo-Dyas, I think. Well, that that whole mystery element that never seemed to pay off. Yeah. You know, like... I mean, also, just tangentially, like, Count Dooku. Like, the Jedi. Like, how fucking stupid are you? Yeah. There's like, oh, it's not in his character. He's totally cool. It's like, really? Because it seems like he's not. And they have him set up to be this amazing character because you hear about him for like an hour and a half and he shows up and he's menacing these Christopher Lee. They could have done a lot more there, I think. Um, I'd like to know how many people leave the Jedi Order. Like, is that a common thing? Like, it would seem a little weird for like a, a Jedi Master to leave and then start a, a tr- you know, separatist, like treasonous movement against the Republic. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, you know, that's that's cool. Well, you would think that they would have Jedi just tracking uh, uh, Dooku or or uh, Ahsoka, yeah. you know, once they depart the well, Jedi Order. It, seriously. And it really seemed like they're going somewhere with that whole sifo business. Yeah. Especially, it was like, sido Is it Sidious? Like, what, you know, what is this well, in mystery? in the original script, it was sido or whatever. Yeah. And then it, it turns out it was just nothing. Yeah. It was just well, like, oh, yeah, some, some Jedi who died. The whole that scene where Obi Wan's like levitating in captivity would have been a great moment for for Dooku mm-hmm. to drop some kind of like horrible truth bomb, or for him to have been Sifo Dyas, but then they, they, you know they'd already established he had a different background. I mean, it could have even just been like, no, I didn't create the clone army. Uh, uh, Qui Gon did. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that mystery never paid but off. But I'm also I'm also very curious what the original downfall was before the reshoots for episode three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's always been my thing like, that'd be interesting again. if they put out like an alternate cut yeah or just i just like to read about it even though mm-hmm. i mean like we always talk about like we want that lost book where they talk about all the things that they wanted to do or what they were thinking or what they were trying i think that'd be a fascinating read mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so kylo ren he's not darth kylo ren i wonder I mean, it definitely seems like JJ and a lot of the the story team are kind of like trying to get back to like the roots of Episode Four a little, mm-hmm. um, and and how they move forward. I wonder if this would be part of that, where they're not going to have like a bunch of Darths anymore, and it's just going to be like Kylo Ren's the new bad guy, and he's yeah. just like a dark force user. Yeah, 
I can see the JJ doing that. I can see it where he's just mysterious. Like, there's no explaining mm-hmm. that guy. He's just badass and shows up and does shit. Because I mean, theoretically, the stomps off that ship and theoretically, the you know the prophecy and the chosen one and all that was supposed to you know destroy the Sith or whatever. Like, so could it be that the the Sith as an order are gone, but there's still obviously the ability well, for evil force users or bring balance to the force? Or bring balance to the force. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel but like if if did <laughs> if Vader and Palpatine were the last two Sith lords and they both died. Can you have a new Sith Lord? Or would it, I don't know, is there some like secrets of the order that somebody wouldn't know? I guess you could have like a Sith holocron. But I mean, to me, it did bring balance to the Force because you had 10,000 good Jedi. They were all dead. Yeah, two evil Jedi, or two evil Sith. Like it didn't, it didn't, wasn't balanced per se. Mm hmm. Um, There's like, yeah, turns out a literal reading of that prophecy kind of makes sense and we're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get all, like, True Detective ending here, <laughs> where it used to be all black. Mm-hmm. Now there's some stars. Uh, uh, only a master of evil, Darth. Mm-hmm. Nice shot, Jansen. Oh, yeah, I would love it if they brought, uh, like, Jansen. If they're going to go back to do, like, original trilogy era Rogue Squadron movie, you got to bring in Jansen and, and Hobby and Tycho. Maybe a really, really old Rick O'Lee. <laughs> Rick O'Lee fucking sucked, man. I was just thinking about how... Rick O'Lee is the guy, by the way. He's the evil psychiatrist in Agent Carter. Oh, God. Really? Tying it all, tying it all together. For I'll, I'll be honest. I liked Agent Carter. I hated that character so much. Like, if he yeah. said focus one more time, I was going to throw something at my TV. <laughs> that that got so repetitious and boring. He's like, focus, focus. It's like really... That's the best you could come up with for like his like catchphrase is just focus. I think you can always tell when a uh, British actor is enjoying their Russian accent too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Rick O'Lee, he sucked. The all the fighter pilots in episode one totally sucked, <laughs> um, and they they just weren't convincing. And almost it, they never felt like fighter pilots at all. They like I don't know. They they didn't sell it. Like in the Force Awakens trailer, you see Oscar Isaac, and it's like, yeah, that guy's an X-wing fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, Rico Lee just—he was too old, and like he—he he never seemed particularly concerned. No, he's just like mildly perturbed. Yeah, like get there the was, fuck out of my cockpit, kid. Like it wasn't like they were getting picked off one at a time by the droid fighters or anything. You know, I don't know. I I felt like there was a, a lack of urgency in the space battle. Yeah, mostly because he knew Anakin was going to be fine. But it wasn't like he Anakin like you know went up as somebody's wingman or anything like that. It was, well, know. it felt like there was a little too much like this autopilot leading this kid in danger. Yeah, it wasn't ever really touching him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, will we will we get a Darth in the Force Awakens? That's one thing I'm curious about. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know all the rumors. I mean, I, mean, I guess one of them like, like it's Darth Luke. I can, yeah, no, that has since been. Uh, the, the people who originated that rumor now say, no, 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 that's not true. This time we're sure. This time we know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Trust us this time. Don't get annoyed with us. Trust us this time. Yeah, these guys have cried wolf too many times. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why people don't believe them. They get really annoyed when people question them. But the problem is people still do believe them. They still do give them airtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could just declare yourself like Darth something. I mean, because a lot of the rumors, they seem to think that Kylo Ren 
and Ray, or like true first name is Kira, Kyla Ren, Kira Ray, or like the solo twins, or like possibly the Skywalker twins. Mm. Um, so if, if Kylo Ren becomes like a fully evil, you know, like Sith Lord at some point, does he then adopt a Darth name? Or is he just still to Kylo Ren? What's his name did in, uh, the books, right? Uh, Jason Solo. Yeah, yeah. he became Darth Cadis, which was like voted on by the fans or something. It's such a weak ass Darth name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like if, as long as you're going Darth, you gotta go totally over the top, like Tyrannus or, you know, Ruin or something like that. Page. Or, uh, uh, Arya Montgomery has owns the Darth Ruin title. <laughs> Darth Ruin your life. <laughs> or Darth Bane. Hmm. I think the Darth Bane thing was in the same rumor that the Grando Calrissian thing was originally. What isn't there still the rumors that they're bringing back Palpatine? Or wasn't that for a while? Oh yeah, yeah. That that was a rumor for a while was that they're gonna like somehow like Palpatine in like a new body or some. Who knows? At the same time, they wanted uh, they wanted uh, Darth Vader back in some fashion. Yeah, I know some of the rumors seem to think that Kylo Ren will eventually like wear like a Vader type mask. Mm. Like he'll go find the original burnt mask and wear it or something. Hmm. Well, that was the rumor for a while. Was that Kylo Ren was like this kind of like uh like Sith fanboy kind of like obsessive with like Sith artifacts and like hunting them all down but that seems to be like out of fashion now rumor wise the funny thing is that in all these rumors and you know these guys claim to have like not like not the script they claim to have like uh like call sheets and whatnot mm-hmm. like certain documents that might give them some hints about what's happening none of the the stories that they spend seem to explain the title of the movie at all no. like uh, and in like the the story that they put forth there's no force awakening like what why would they call the movie the force awakens if this is the plot of the movie so i feel like there's definitely stuff out there that people don't know yet yeah i mean there has been awakening somebody's felt it andy circus felt it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i wonder who he's talking to there so yeah that's um probably I'm hoping that within, well, within six weeks, Avengers will be out. So we should definitely have a new trailer by then. We might have one in a month. I think the celebration's like the middle of April. So I feel knows. like it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be Avengers. It probably is, yeah. I know all the, the people who are going to celebration want something to happen there. Understandable. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could show it there early. Like, I'm always amazed when they show off stuff at Comic-Con, how, like, it doesn't make its way on the internet. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Like, the, the they eventually showed the trailer, like, the, the extended Marvel trailer for Avengers where they're, like, trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, they showed that scene in at Comic-Con, and somehow it never made its way online. It's kind of amazing. Well, and the ones that do get taken down very quickly, mm-hmm. like the uh, the Batman vs. Superman one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've talked about Star Wars enough for now. We'll be back when there's more news. Mm -hmm. Maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. We'll see. I mean, I guess they're going to start casting the rest of Rogue One because it needs to start shooting soon. Well, even even Episode 9 should be, or Episode 8 should be ramping up pretty Mm -hmm, pretty mm -hmm. quickly, too. Yeah. Exciting times for Star Wars fans. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm going to attempt to read those like Star Wars books that they put out. I, 
I have that Tarkin book. I made it like five chapters in. Mm-hmm. There's now Heir to the Jedi and that New Dawn book. New I'm Dawn gonna, is the Rebels one, right? Yeah, the character journals. I'm going to attempt to read those. We'll see how, how successful I am in that because I have other stuff on my plate. But okay. Perhaps I'll have a book report when we come back. There you go. All right. Well, uh, until then, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.